1: 51,000 plus on their feet. Nobody's left to beat the traffic tonight, I guarantee you. Mark gets the sign. The wind and the pitch, here it is. One fly ball deep left center, them on the road. Yes, yeah, yes, yes, yes! 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 The giving you a championship. 25 lighters on my dresser, yes, sir. You know I've got to get paid. Center, the twenty-five lighters on my dressing, yes sir. You know our to get paid Swing and on right. my twenty-five folks.
2: Now get ready. This is the Platinum Sombrero Podcast with your hosts, Dylan Short and Adam Doc Herbert. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Platinum Sombrero. I am your host, Dylan. Joining me, Doc, as always. And today, we're bringing on one of our best buddies in the entire braves twitter sphere you guys are already well aware well aware of him uh, they're probably the most followed braves podcast in the entire twitter sphere around these parts and that's ken Hendricks, the brainchild behind nakahoma nation don't let josh fool you <laughs> ken created it
1: oh well thanks for having me guys i'm excited to be on here with you it's nice to be on an actual reputable podcast for a change
2: there's a lot to live up to okay we've set the bar fairly high
1: well, I, I'm not used to any bar, so like, <laughs> except for one like you drink at. So, like, so, so I've got some, I, I, I'm, I'll try to pull myself together for you guys.
2: First things first, yesterday, Mike Soroka Day. And could there have Soroka, been, yeah. could there have been a better debut for Mike Soroka than to I don't out, think so. to outduel Noah Syndergaard?
1: I mean, this is like, the infinity war begins. Like, I mean, like it, it's perfect timing. Like you got the Avengers. Now Mike Soroka comes out with the Avengers. He's basically, you know, like not spoiling this for anyone, but you know, the emblem that pops up at the end of the movie, I won't, I won't spoil it. If you, if you're not sure, but like you watch the post credits, like when, when they hit the, when they when. When that person that disappears hits the thing and the little (laughs) emblem pops up on the thing for for the for the superhero, well, that you could like make that like Mike Soroka's emblem, you know, like it was like calling Mike Soroka, and Soroka's like, "I got you covered. I got I got it all set."
2: We are in a gender fluid country now, so I I suppose that would work. And did you actually see Infinity War, or are you just familiar with the comics so you already know what happens? I have
1: seen it. I have seen it.
2: Okay. Uh, Did it? Is it close to the comics?
1: Uh, not at all. Not really. No, because not. it's not very true to them. I mean, like the story kind of goes the same direction, but like all the details are dramatically different than the comics. So.
2: Because just a quick comic point here. And for anybody that loves Marvel and who is semi spoiler alert. So if you don't want to hear this, mute this for like the next two minutes um, to those of you freaking out because your favorite guy might not make it through this movie. dum yeah. dums it's marvel you can see every movie that they are making for like the next 20 years and here's a hint if your favorite character has his own movie coming out within the next oh two or three or next summer even
1: just think of like the terminator exactly
2: (laughs) if he's if they've got their own standalone movie and they're big characters they will be back just like in civil war folks
1: Right. Like in the comics itself, they also brought a lot of characters back too. like the comic. They, no one stays dead in the comic people, book, but some other people came back, too. So, like, you know, like it's, it's not like it, it's true in that sense. Like,
2: just don't be the like the all, X-Men where you have. Like, I will
1: say this. It was quite a downer of a movie. Like, I kind of expected it's a, supposed to I be I expected a little bit of hopeful turn towards the end of the movie. But save the post credit scene. It's pretty much just a downer.
2: Well, it's, I mean, it's Marvel trying to be DC for a second. That's really it's it yeah. is the most DC-like Marvel movie of all time. It's one of the reasons why was, I'm not a big Marvel fan. It was fan.
1: really well done. It was really well done. I've heard I, it was really good. Josh Brolin was freaking amazing. Like, yeah, like I was shocked how well they pulled off Thanos. I was not thinking it would be that good and he was pretty phenomenal. So How
2: did they do with the 5 million heroes and getting them screen time?
1: Very well. Very well. And there's a few heroes you haven't seen yet, but the majority of them, yeah, good screen time, good balance, and even like intermingling was good. They didn't try to do too much with like the Guardians meeting the Avengers and all that kind of stuff. It was kind of rough shot. It, it worked. It, it was good
2: so there you go that's a movie take. i'm
1: wondering how they're gonna fill in some things but we'll figure it out <laughs> along the way maybe other movies I guess.
2: you've got to somehow introduce these guys into the other's movie spheres now like you did with the original yeah. four avengers they've all kind of been in the same in each other's movies but nobody else has really been in right. anybody else's right. i get that um,
1: it's kind of like the braves this season like that movie starts off and from like the first minute and a half you're like on a you're on a pretty big ride the rest of the movie. Like the brave season's kinda of been that way. From the Nick Markakis walks us off at the beginning of the year, from <laughs> flying into, you know, Ronald Acuna getting called up, Ozzy Albees being the NL MVP right now, if you were voting today, in my opinion, uh, to Mike Soroka getting called up on May the first. I mean, like it's kinda like I'm serious, like the Avengers movie pretty much follows that same format. So
2: Well you brought it up and Let's touch on that a little bit. Let's talk. Let's touch on this brave season to date. Uh, Earlier today, because Doc and I are actually friends, so we do actually text back and forth. um, It's true.
1: Wait, (laughs) wait. You do a podcast with someone that's actually your friend?
2: I know it could go horribly, horribly wrong wrong. with you. It could end up going horribly wrong wrong. with
1: you. How does that happen? Like, I wouldn't know what that was like.
2: Guaranteed, in two years, we will not be friends. I will have made him so angry that he won't text me anymore. Uh, But. Doc did ask no, a, a question. No,
1: no, no, Dylan. Doc, you are friends with everyone. I know you are. Like, Doc is friends with people that can't be friends with each other. So, like, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Doc, Doc is friends with us and a certain other podcast that blocked us, and Doc's, like, in the middle in this really awkward place because he's friends with both sides, right. and he lives in this tortured existence <laughs> of being in the middle. He's like he's like the what, – what is it? The, the He's basically uh, – Schrodinger's Doc is what he is. He's, like, stuck... He's both... He, friends with both sides, and yet, like... He's Switzerland. He not friends all at the same time. It's it's, mo- it's hysterical. Doc's such a wonderful guy. He's, like, Thank the most you. basic human being ever, I think. so.
0: Thank you, Ken. I uh, I tried to be eternally Switzerland in, uh, in every situation, <laughs> and uh, every once in a while, it does tend to backfire just a little <laughs> bit. So... Um, <laughs> You know, but so you I got
1: gotta, I got a front row seat for, we're just for the war. Not friends with anyone, so you know,
0: <laughs> well, including because, each other. That's because yeah,
1: exactly. exactly. That's because you
2: have a partner that tries to play the Joker role a little bit, which we'll touch on that a little bit later. Because he is the world's favorite knucklehead, uh, and he has he has created <laughs> like like bands get groupies and roadies. Somehow, yeah. Josh has his own Twitter groupies and like Twitter roadies that he I, he's, no, he's no, created like, this whole like, cult.
1: You, got, you ha you do too Dylan
2: you uh, do too. I've got I don't know if you could cataract... I've got a couple people that are cool with me and we laugh and stuff I don't know if I could consider them like my followers like a cult follower like I think I if Josh know. had told josh certain and people and to shave both his have head
1: like the the lady fandom that chases them josh Josh and Dylan both like with the 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 lady fandom that are ah. Well that's Hello, just, girl. you know,
2: that's just a good point. I, I think Josh could tell half of, if Josh put out a call to shave your head and grow a handlebar mustache, I think like half of his followers would.
1: Yeah, but okay, so here this is the question is would they do it because Josh told them to or would Josh tell them to because they were already about to do? It? <laughs> that's that's like the that's like the weird thing I'm never sure about Josh if he's actually a leader or if he just tells people what they already want right. to hear. You know, I'm not i'm not 100 certain most of the time
2: i don't know i think uh we can start putting together the the josh brown for president campaign posters and we'll know for sure
1: yeah him and kanye 2020 that's it josh and kanye 2020
2: i would vote for for them just burn it all down let's start from scratch (laughs) but anyway i digress um josh um doc actually was was asking me a little bit earlier uh Doc is smarter than I am. Um, he knows more prospects than I do, and not to That's pat true. myself on the back, I know a, a fair bit of prospects. Um, but Doc is is even deeper into it. And even Doc was asking me today, uh, how to like how to feel about this brave start. Like, do we buy in? Do you hold back? And I guess I can go ahead and, and admit this now, because by the time the piece actually comes out you guys have already forgotten this episode. Uh, I will be having, <laughs> I have a piece that I am slowly, slowly working on that will detail my thoughts on how you should deal with this brave season. And at the rate that I'm going, it should be out by the all-star break. Um, but I'll give you guys a little sneak preview here. Uh, if you don't follow me on on what I write for OFR, which I have not written an article in a, in a long time, I've been incredibly lazy. Um, basically, what I would say for Braves fans, and Ken, you can let me know if you agree with this or not. Um, mm-hmm. If you guys are readers of the epic genre of books, the epic fantasy genre, you may know Terry Goodkind, so you may already be familiar with the word. It's basically the, the Legend of the Seeker. The mm-hmm. The term for partition your mind, uh, which is to separate your mind. Take something that you know is true, i.e., this Braves team, while fun, may not be in the best grouping to go on a deep run they still have a lot of youth a lot of inexperience and a lot of question marks that right now are not hurting them hold that truth in your head wrap it up in a little ball hold it there and kind of push it to the side separate it and just enjoy the ride let that other part of your brain have a whole lot of fun with this incredible start with a fun
1: is it what the heck's the fun in not being a fan you know like like I, I was bought in last year. I wanted them to win last year, and I knew it was a crap team. I wanted them to win the year before. When they went on a winning streak, I was, like, all buying in, like, this could be the year. I knew it wasn't. <laughs> like, I still – I was like, this could be the year, you know? Like,
2: And here's why I, I say that.
1: gave the benefit of the doubt. So, like, the question becomes, are, are, are you want me to answer, like, as a fan or as, like, a sports analyst? Because, like – Braves fans, like, they try to be both a lot of time. Like, I want to be a sports analyst and tell you that the Braves are going to win 90 games. I can't show you where – I can't – like, in my brain, I can't come up with a way that the Braves win 90 games this year on paper. But, I mean, no one had a way that the Braves in 91 were going to make it to the – win the East or whatever. You know, I mean, they weren't they – the 91 team was unexpected. They weren't on paper, you know. So, it's like, you know, I. As a fan, I'm bought in.
2: And that's kind of what I'm saying. Bear in mind the fact that if this goes south, and it may because there's some pointers, but if it does, hold that spot in your head where you know that, hey, this is the jumping off point. This is not the, hey, we're rebuilt. This is the, holy crap, this is only three. Like, we still have, like, 12 more coming up. Like, we are not even a quarter of the way through. Hold that thought there. And then until that point happens... Go nuts. Enjoy what's yeah. happening. You, you. Most of us have gone through the 91 worst to first. I was not alive for it, so unfortunately I did not get that rush, but most people do, so they they know that team. So anytime a Braves team starts off far better than, than anticipated, they instantly go to 91, and it creates mm-hmm. a heck of a ride for as long yeah. as it lasts. And then you get the 2015 where people buy in and they get all excited. Oh, we didn't need all those guys anyway. Look at all these guys. They're hitting great. They're not striking out. We're going to be perfect. And then all of a sudden, you're the worst team in baseball.
0: Well, last night when, uh, you know, Ozzy let off the game with a single and then Acuna immediately doubled the left. And I wasn't even trying to think about this. It just popped in my mind where it's like, wow, we get to watch these guys do this for the next six or seven years. Oh, my God. We get to watch these guys do this for the next <laughs> six or seven years, you know? Yeah. And, and and like you said, this is just three. This doesn't, um, this doesn't take into account Riley and and the and the next wave of guys that's coming behind that. But I mean, I just, I'm, I'm, kind of trying to stay rational and stay, not necessarily guarded because I mean, I hate it when people say, "Oh, that's just Atlanta sports," but I mean. There, there is an element of that. <laughs> there is. Well,
1: let, let me look, dog, You have to like, you know, whether you whether you believe in the Bible or not is irrelevant. There's a good lesson in there, you know. Jesus, he talks about turning the other cheek. You know, a lot of folks talk about turning the other cheek, and it sounds like, oh, well, that means you're you're supposed to like, talk to my wife's pitching a fit about something and totally interrupting the.
2: I'll go ahead and announce: ah! Ender Ender Enciarte hits his first home run of the season.
1: Apparently, yeah, that's what it was. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: uh. Spoiler alert. So, uh, so basically, you know, Jesus is saying like turn the other cheek, and like most people think that that means you're supposed to just sit there and take it when somebody slaps you and turn around and let them slap you again. But the truth is, like, like what it's saying is like when you're hurt, you're supposed to like put yourself back out there again and risk getting hurt again. It doesn't mean sit there and take a beating from someone. It means like when you're a Braves fan and they let you down, the next year you buy in and go for it, go for it again next year. You know, like. It, you, you put your cheek back out there to get slapped again. If you oh, ever no stop doubt. that, if you ever stop that, what's the point in being a fan to begin with? Cause at that point, go find a different sport, go find a different team, go find something else that, that, that makes you feel alive and gets you enjoyment. Because at that point it's like, why, 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 hang around and go through this if you're not going to at least try to believe every year? Well, you'd have <laughs> to find a football. totally
2: different city. You can't just jump to a different sport. The Atlanta sports curse is not held to baseball. It is every sport. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, but and and that's I, I want. I'm looking at it going, trying to think rationally, saying, okay, still a small sample size. We're barely one one sixth into the season. But yeah, and you know, I I always used to get so mad at some of the. Oh, so-and-so is bound for regression or so-and-so isn't as good as he's playing and everything. And I'm trying to keep that in my head. And like I said, I'm trying to be rational. But then again, the part of me that's been tracking all these since Rome and Acuna since he was in the GCL and all of these, all these different guys and just seeing the way that just how much fun everybody is having. Like the Freddie's post game interview last night, you just, he's like beaming, you yeah. know, and it, this is this, that he's poor saying, guy.
1: Someone's going to be on base in front of me. Oh yeah. my God. Like, look
0: at all the, you know, look at all these runs and they're, and okay. So the series against the Reds was, um, that was tricky, right? They, they lost the first two, but then, but they have beat the Nationals. They have beat the Phillies. They beat the Phillies a lot. They have yeah. beat the Mets. They have beat the Rockies. They, the Braves
1: they... have not lost two game, more than two games in a row all year. Yeah, yeah, and
0: and so and tonight, like if they're let's see, they're winning three to nothing right now. If they're able to to hold on, then they're going to be in first place. Yeah, which which is just insane, and not to mention like the Nats are still playing really bad, granted they've had some injuries. The Mets, outside of their nine game winning streak, they're a sub five hundred team, and the they're going to have
1: injuries. I mean, the, the yeah, Mets. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean they they had one tonight. Degrom yeah. came out with the, with the elbow, so I mean, yep. And we, because ha- we, once again, I'm part of the team, we're, exactly. we we haven't even had the opportunity to start playing the Marlins. Got series coming up against the Giants. And I just keep looking looking down the schedule thinking this is where it's going to get really hard. But that's tough to really gauge because when we're looking at beating good teams, it's like, man, I don't know. They could hang. They
1: they've could actually, actually hang. They've actually survived one of the hardest stretches of the year, which was like the first month. It was Brutal schedule if you look at it compared to a lot of other teams. Some idiot on Twitter was saying he was a Mets fan was saying, "Oh, it'd be easy for me to be in that position too if we played the easiest teams." And like the Braves didn't play the easiest teams. They went through the like you said they went through the Nationals, the Cubs, the Rockies, all at home. You know, not not the Braves home, but like at their home in Chicago, in Colorado. I mean, the Braves survived and made it through more than. it's not say there won't be some other tough spots, but you've survived one of the hardest stretches anyway.
2: Well, more than just survived, the Braves have actually had the Braves have flourished. This has been a far different type of team, and it it's a nice. We've gone through both kind of iterations of the potential styles of the Braves. We've gone through the slap hitting, uh, mm-hmm. get five singles in an inning and get two runs, uh, and then we've gone through the get three hits in a game, but all three of them are two run homers uh, type of iterations of the Braves, and neither of those are. Are real I don't for the most part, neither of those are are really successful strategies. Now teams can point to, to people can point to the Astros. And what I'll tell you is this not many teams have a George Springer, a Jose Altuve, a Carlos Correa on the same team with a yeah. Dallas Keuchel, a Lance McCullers, and in a rotation that is legitimately seven deep to the point where Colin McHugh is actually in the bullpen. Uh, yeah, so give
1: the Braves to give the Braves one more year. Is that kind of what we're saying here?
2: <laughs> I would, I I would love to see it, and I would, I would. Uh, that that's high praise to say that you're talking about top five at the very least in their respective positions at all three. Is of it those fair spots. to say
1: that no other team also has a Ronald Acuna and Ozzy Albies and a Freddie Freeman back to back to back like that? I mean, is mm-hmm. it actually
2: no one I else mean, but uh, no one else but the Astros when you talk about going. Springer, Altuve, Correa, and then I would have said I would have said the Dodgers if Corey Seeger hadn't just been lost for the year.
1: Maybe Cleveland? Cleveland with Ramirez and Lindor.
2: Maybe. Do you go Lindor, Ramirez and um Yonder Alonso? Incarnacion slash Yonder Alonso. And even that 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 third batter, the Incarnacion and Alonso, is not on Freddie's level.
1: Real streaky. Yeah, real streaky guys. Yeah.
2: The difference I mean? the difference in this is not necessarily the talent level because Ronald Acuna, and I I'll go ahead and say it. he's an absolute star. He's a superstar. Yep. Uh Albies, yep. superstar. Uh Freddie, superstar if he can, you know, now he should finally be recognized as as the superstar that he has been the last three or four years. Nick
1: Marquec is superstar. I
2: right? will not say that ever. <laughs> um, <laughs> but
1: That's you great. realize he has a higher WRC plus than any of the guys that you named, right?
2: I understand this. Um, I'm
1: just I'm just clarifying, <laughs> you know. Just just
2: I was I also just want to there make
1: it very clear here.
2: I was also watching last night when a routine fly ball was not gotten to because he was in a semi shift.
1: Do you realize he's got more defensive run saved than anyone else in right field this year? And if that That's doesn't true.
2: tell you that defensive metrics still have a lot of tweaking, not Don't will. do
1: that. Okay. Don't
2: you don't <laughs> do that, Dylan. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Markekis has had a phenomenal year. especially. I'm
1: not – look, look. I, let me tell you this. Markekis is going to regress this year, and I'll tell you why. Because Nick Markekis starts off every year hot. Like, if you go back and look, last year was an anomaly in the sense of his old, whole year was down a little right. bit. But every year he's ever played, he's had a hot start to the season. Now, whether or not he continues it or not, that'll be the question as to – you know whether or not he's able to to stay cleanup hitter. It feels weird to say, but but nonetheless, like I, I, I'm not I'm, I was joking mostly about <laughs> Marquegas being at the same level as those other guys. But to be honest with you, he this team wouldn't be where they are without him for this first month for sure.
2: No, he's been he's been outstanding, and it's in a walk year. Uh, I fully expect Marquegas to be his normal 1.3 type of war player. He's gonna anything that he can get a glove on, he will catch. He's not so going gun... to pop
1: that he's had, and with the defensive shifts and metrics that they're using, I mean, like I, I saw where he's there, uh, where they're using the cards and stuff. That he's standing about five foot further back each uh, each defensive opportunity now, and um, because of the little cards, I don't know if you've noticed them. They they print them out these little index cards that the Braves use yep. to keep up with the shifts and stuff for each player. That's why his defensive run saves are better is because he's in better positioning thanks to analytics. He's never been a bad defender in the sense he's just not indurenciaarte. he's not gonna fly you know he, he's always been solid when he can get to the ball. It's just can't always get to the ball because you well, know he's 31 now. so
2: well he was also vastly underrated when he was younger. I mean there was legitimate legitimately it was Jason Hayward and then it was Nick Marcakis. Now Marcakis never had Hayward's range, but Marcakis, mm-hmm. before the ravages of time and injury, had a very strong arm. And going back all the should way to the Should we get it time,
1: right? Should, should we say gold glover, Nick Marcakis? Would that make this conversation more appropriate?
2: <laughs> <sighs> two time gold glover.
0: Didn't, <laughs> <laughs> didn't he win two gold gloves?
2: Yeah, he's right got guy. he's got the same number of gold gloves as Ender, just with ten years on it. Um <laughs> and that that seems like sacrilege to say. Um uh... but I, I'm gonna leave the Marcakis off with this. My my biggest fear right now is. Is that he goes off and hits like three thirty and hits like twelve home <laughs> exactly? He hits twelve homers and drives in seventy, and they give him like a three year deal. That is the yeah, biggest fear in my heart right that.
0: now.
1: Yeah, I, I think I, I think he's done in Atlanta. <laughs> no,
0: nah, I think uh, I think Braves will probably miss out on Harper, but I think they'll go hard after
1: AJ Pollock and I that's that's we'll, my thoughts. we'll talk I about actually that actually that's what they do Let, let's save uh, that talk by season. the way hold
2: on hold on guys let's let's save the free agent talk we're going to get to that that's on my script okay uh, okay. okay I don't want to waste it right now <laughs> one other thing we got to do we got to talk about two things we'll get then we'll get to our free agent stuff near the end so right now Ken what did you project the Braves at this season
1: I, I think I said 84 wins was about what I had projected somewhere right around there okay um I, I might wow. have even said like 83 initially i think they could beat that
2: so I said 81 um, and i felt whenever whenever i give a baseball projection there's a four game swing either way because uh, that that that's one run that's one play somewhere or other so there's four game potential swings so i was thinking 81 so 76 up to about 85 so they're they're right now they're doing better than i thought they would. Um, but I was, I was pretty much bought in. I didn't buy into this, that they're going to be a 72 win team. I, I thought that they were a much yeah, better team, yeah. a much more balanced team than they were a year ago. Plus there was a well, lot of bad luck were, last year.
1: For me, I think they could beat the 84 wins. I think with where they're sitting right now, they could easily be a 87, 88 win team. If they leave Mike Soroka along and leave him up and let him pitch. If Luis Gahara doesn't, didn't throw his arm off, you know, which is, there's some concern. Um, you know, if some of those things happen, if Falston Riley gets called up later in this year and drives his way in, not to be the starting third baseman necessarily, but to be a good bench bat late in the year, you know, I could see a lot of ifs, if they are able to maybe make some real bullpen help me, uh, and, and not even like giant moves to the bullpen, but just maybe like one really good setup guy or something like that, you know, just some of that kind of stuff, I could see some ifs that push them a lot closer to 90 wins than, than 80, so...
2: And Doc was that, um, Doc mentioned this earlier today. Um, they they kind of have that feel, and it, again, very small sample size. They've got the feel of last year's Brewers or Twins, where they especially, twins? particularly the Twins, where they've got some key young players, and yeah. they just look to be a year to two years ahead of schedule.
1: Hmm. Yeah, the Twins last year were Barrios, who had all the potential and couldn't quite put it all together for him, you know, this year, this year is still hitting a few bumps in the road, but looks like a real, you know, yeah, I have him on the fantasy
2: team. He's either, two, he either gives up. Now,
1: yeah. <laughs> it's either five runs or, enough or
2: enough. nobody touches him.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, the twins two years from now, if Jose Berrios isn't competing for a Cy young, I'll be pretty surprised, you know, just the way he's made up and, and the way he's pitching. Uh, I'm not saying he'll win one, but, but he's going to be up there in the names in the next two to three years. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that's kind of the same kind of vibe that I get from the Braves this year.
0: Uh, I want to touch on two quick things that you had said just a minute ago, Ken. Um, Austin Riley has uh, hit a two-run home run in his first game back since we started recording, and also Nick Markakis. Uh, he heard you, Dylan. He just hit a two run, or uh, hit a uh, RBI double and scored Freddie Freeman. So, <laughs> I just wanted to throw that.
2: That's fine. If he wants to, if, if me dumping on Nick Markakis makes him play well. I will be that sacrificial lamb.
1: Well let me ask don't you guys let me ask you guys a question. Okay. Does Austin Riley get called up before the end of June? I don't think so.
2: I don't think he gets called up this year unless something goes horribly wrong with the season. Uh um, really think so? I, I really don't. Anthopolis is not a guy that rushes prospects um as you can see by by where joey wentz and bryce wilson were placed at the start of this year where instead of following the copy model and having those two skip high a and go right to double a they had to go to florida um they're both pitching well wentz is hitting a little bit of bumps in the road which is is not good for me uh it's raising my blood pressure but uh traditionally speaking and the braves kind of have some other pieces they need to see what they have um if they hadn't signed batista Maybe they'd give him a look. I don't think that Austin Riley was in the plans to come up this year anyway. Uh, I, I, I just think that they're going to let him get – I think he's going to be in Gwinnett. I just – I don't think unless the Braves go on this big protracted losing streak and are out of out of it, out of it by the beginning – by the end of July, I don't think he's coming up.
1: What do you do with him when he's hitting a home run every other game or better? And, oh boy, his, his – oh, he's slugging his WRC plus is slugging and everything is insane right now. He's like, it is OPS something like over it like 1.02 or something right now. I don't know. It's like insanely high right now.
0: He, he is hitting out of his mind. And for a guy that's traditionally a slow starter, um, I think,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, I, I think that, you know, cause he, he's Mississippi kid. And once it starts to heat up in, in the summertime and it's a hundred everywhere, it's, he's just used to it. And while, you know, he can, he can get around in that type of that type of heat. But I mean, if he is able to put together a second half like his first half, I don't know if he'll be called up by June, but I would be willing to bet that there's some type of domino effect. So Batista is small sample size, of course. That's always the the, the caveat. But he he is starting to get a little better. He's facing better pitching than he, than he was facing uh, when he first came in at high A. I would imagine that Batista is going to get called up to the Braves that will allow Riley to get called up to Gwinnett because he got called up to Mississippi in like July of last year so he's almost yeah. to the point where he's had a full season and um so
1: he's he is ISO right now is 310 310 and, ISO. yeah
0: yeah and that, and that's coming into that's Camargo coming into bomb. where he, where he's got um what's up
2: Camargo Bomb <laughs>
0: Fantastic! I love that. So that makes it six to nothing now. If the bullpen doesn't do what the bullpen does, the Braves are going to be in first place. Um, <laughs> I love that. Um, but yeah, I could see. I, I could definitely see uh, Riley moving up and knocking on the door. September call up, possibly just to kind of get his feet wet. I think that coming to big league spring training definitely was a was a good thing for him. And, yeah. And Baseball America just um, released their updated top hundred rankings, and he moved up to number forty. Four.
1: Yeah, and you know, it feels like he's sitting there on a twenty six point four percent K rate. That's 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 high. not insane. You know, that's that's not crazy, but it's still high for him. Like he's never been that high. Um so I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like he's really in a good spot right now <laughs> overall. What
2: I wanna no, see I, I, is I, I agree. I love what Riley's done and I've mentioned this on on some previous shows. I think he has improved himself more than any other prospect in the system um as yeah. far as as working on some some pretty big holes that were in his game that are I can't even rightly call them holes anymore. People can nitpick his range I guess now because he's still not the rangiest, but his timing is has gotten to be excellent neither, neither Freddie Freeman. Right, I mean, exactly
1: a joke too. Exactly.
2: And Riley Riley is extremely extremely good at timing. That's why he makes all these ridiculous diving plays that you keep seeing on highlights. Mm -hmm. Diving, making a diving play, it's not necessarily difficult to catch the ball. That's the easy part. The part is knowing at what point you need to extend on the dive. And Right. You can point to last night, we're, we're recording this on Wednesday, you can point to last night with Dansby, where he was just off on that, that line drive that, yeah. that he jumped up for, and that was that was a slight timing issue. I'm not bagging on Dansby, that would have been an incredible play. Well, Dansby play.
1: claimed it, he pointed at himself and said, my fault. You know, well, it would have been
2: an incredible play, but that's um, that's that is like milliseconds of, of judgment there. Uh, and I, I love what Riley's done, and I've trad- I have traditionally have not been high on Riley. Uh, he had a very long, loopy swing when I saw him this time a year ago. That's gone now. He's still got a, yeah. a fairly long swing, but it's not loopy. But what he's done is instead of remaking his swing, which is what got him here, frankly, um He's adjusted his timing mechanism, so he's getting started earlier. So it's not as big a deal, and he can actually catch the inside fastball, the 95-on-hour fastball that he was having trouble with. And it's been phenomenal. And when he touches the ball, the only prospect that I've got with higher power than him is Aloy Jimenez. I mean, he has just massive, massive raw power.
0: Easy power, too. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, see, that's the thing. Like Everybody talks about long swings like they're a bad thing. There's been a lot of great hitters with long swings. They just knew how to adjust. You know, I mean, uh, not everybody, not everybody that's that's had a long swing has been a bad baseball. Player.
2: Well, not every player is a 300 hitter with 40 home runs. Sometimes exactly. a guy's a 250 exactly. hitter, but he's got 35 home run power, and that's okay. That's more than okay. That's still a good. That's still a great player to have.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, like Chris Davis, and and I know he's kind of on the backside of his career now, but. He's he's made an entire career out of a, being a guy with a long swing that crushes the ball, you know. But tries Mark Reynolds, but but it works for him. You know, I mean, it's not like it's a problem up until now. Now he's kind of getting to the point where it's starting to become a problem because he can't keep quite enough average. But for a long time, he was a very successful Major League Baseball player and, and didn't really bat above two fifty very often.
2: So. Got a hundred million dollar contract.
1: Yep. Good enough. <laughs> I mean, Jose Bautista's even kind of been that guy in his late surges, you know, where I mean, kind of a long swing kind of guy. He's got a lot of bat speed, but it's still kind of a long swing, you know, that kind of thing. So, it's and not,
2: It's yeah. one of the reasons we had you on today because this is no one can say I'm I'm not a man of my word. I have also been a a a. I don't want to say Dansby hater, but you would say Dansby hater, so I've already made this bet, so for any new listeners that haven't heard that haven't heard the the terms of the bet, I have said if Dansby finishes as a top ten shortstop, I will tweet at him uh fully apologizing, invite him on the show, and let him castigate me if he so chooses um,
1: and I think I think you should have to get your hair fixed like his, Dylan I can't like anymore
2: him. my hair one, my hair doesn't curl when it's long, it's perfectly straight. Uh-huh. To, well, like
1: just for one day, just get it like permed up, and Doc can take pictures or something. You can come to the park, wear a Dansby jersey, you know.
2: The long hair's not going to bother me. So if you really wanted to bother me, you'd make me shave my head.
1: Well, no nah, I don't. I don't care about making you look like an idiot. Just you know, you <laughs> do that. You do plenty of that on your own. I just like saying, you know, let's get you to look like Dansby uh, or Charlie Culberson.
2: They're the same person. Charlie Culberson is Dansby like ten years in the future.
1: I figured out what happened is like the Braves got Dansby. And they got Culberson during the offseason. And so basically all that happened was during the preseason, Dansby walked up to Culberson and, like, hugged him. And he, like, sucked all of the baseball playing ability out of him due to some (laughs) alignment in the universe. And so Culberson can no longer play baseball. But Dansby's, like, you know, what, 30 points better? 100 100, 100 points better (laughs) is batting average. There's a lot Um, to
2: it, too. Like, Like we were mentioning with Riley, the big key on Dansby has been his timing. It's not. Yeah. It's not necessarily adjusting the swing path or anything like that. The difference has been the timing mechanism, and It'd it's be allowed interesting him
1: right now because people have started adjusting to Dansby now. So I'm very interested to see what happens over the next two weeks because Dansby's kind of had a little bit of a rough week this week. Um, over the last seven days or so, he's not turning on the inside fastball quite as well. Not having as much trouble with sliders. It's more just the inside fastball getting him right now. So it'll be interesting to see how he adapts back and if it creates another hole or not. You know, I'm kind of Dansby's kind of at a critical little moment right here. I think in the season to see if he's going to fall back into last year or he doesn't look lost to me right now. Last year he looked lost when he was at the plate. Right now he just looks like he's not catching up and stuff. I'll tell
2: you this: the good thing that I'm noticing, even in this slump, and why it's actually good to see the slump from him while everybody else is super hot, his defense has not been affected. Last year, yeah. he couldn't hit, and he couldn't field, and he couldn't throw, and he couldn't yeah. basically play baseball. Right now, he's able to separate it. So while he's had a little bit of tough luck and and, and having a, a hard time adjusting just in this past week, his defense hasn't suffered. So that's yeah. if you can do that, then you're going to be fine because things like that will work themselves out.
1: Uh, uh, Doc, let me ask you a question. After watching this year, is you were talking about defense, Dylan? Is Ozzie Albie's going to be one of those players that about once every two weeks just has a brain fart? Is that just kind of like <laughs> going to be wired?
0: You know, I I i, 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 I s- not s- at him
1: because I love Ozzy. Don't get me wrong, but like it just felt like about once every two weeks he forgets. What's going on on the baseball field? For some reason,
0: no. Last last night was a great example that that blooper from from Gonzalez just kind of fell between everybody. If yeah. had kept going back on that ball, then uh, it might not have had quite as much uh, heart palpitations to, throughout the the end of the game. But
1: you know, and that, then the other day he doesn't cover first when you know, when there's a dribbler up. Nobody covered first, and like mm-hmm. it was a real scary moment because there's a guy who ends up on first base because Ozzie didn't cover. I mean, it's just a lot of weird stuff, you know, like it again, I'm not taking shots at him. It's just, is that just a rookie learning the game still, or is this just kind of that he's just going to space out every now and again?
0: No, I I think, I think that's absolutely right. I mean, he, he's got up the middle experience, but you know being at second versus being at short which is a natural position
2: can totally speak uh, to it totally different mindset everything's in reverse you got to train yourself different i don't know if it's that time though i know what you're about to say i don't know if it's the shortstop for second baseman thing um that may be to ken's point ozzy might be a dude that's an amazing defender might not always have the best situational awareness so like and I'm not, I again, think that's a good way to put it. I'm yeah. not. I'm not saying this to bag on Aussie, but there are players like. And I'll point back to, you know, the, my man crush, Angelson Simmons, who always seems to know exactly where he needs to go at all times with the ball, whether it's doubling a runner-off who got a little too far off on a fly ball or instead of going to first, faking it and picking somebody off, little things like that. that is a situational, that's a situational awareness that is more instinct than anything. And I think Ozzy mm-hmm. has great baseball instincts. I think yeah, his yeah. awareness – sometimes leaves a little bit to be desired. And I think that's one of the bigger reasons why Dansby is at short and Ozzy's at second.
1: Ozzy seems to kind of maybe struggle with his, it was some frustration from time to time to just little things. And I mean, this is, this is probably rookie stuff that he'll develop. And I know he's technically not a rookie now, but he basically still is. Um, you know, I mean, like he got mad one night when he didn't make a play and kind of like threw through the, his glove down or the ball down or whatever. And and a guy fortunately wasn't very heads up and didn't move, but a guy could have advanced on that kind of thing. You know, it's just like little stuff when it like that, that you're like, come on kid, you, you got to, you got a few more learning steps to make it to really be. Cause I, I, I do think he's got the potential to have the awareness of Angleton Simmons. It's just like every now and again, he takes a playoff. It's like, Oh, my brain was checked out. Well,
2: like I won't say that. Oh. I, Angleton Simmons is the bar that I measure all defenders against.
1: Oh come on, dude! That guy's
0: a freak. You can't exactly.
2: Do that. So I, I don't think anybody will reach that that pinnacle. So I'm fine. You you just need to fall on the spectrum. I'm okay with that.
0: I mean, if if he's the bar, you, know, you got to set it somewhere at average. You can't have like I did the greatest defenders of listen, all time.
2: Listen, I don't set my Dylan bar know for what any, the
1: word bar, listen, Dylan, listen, 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 <laughs> listen.
2: You guys set bars for people to be able to walk over the top. I expect a little more challenging. I don't so want forty five. So Dylan's players.
1: playing limbo while Ex- we're playing, you know, hurdles.
2: Exactly, <laughs> exactly. If you're going to clear my bar, you're going to earn it.
1: So, so you guys, I know you guys like to ask the crazy questions late at the end, but I, that brings up a crazy question that I want a, a few that I want to ask you two guys. All right. So, so like if 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 Dylan is a limbo guy and Doc's a hurdler, let, let me ask you this. Would you two guys rather Josh Brown race the Freeze and win, or would you rather face the Freeze and lose?
2: Oh, I'd rather have Josh win. I mean, the the really? Twitter oh the Twitter banter alone between you Josh how un- and the Freeze. He would be yes, but imagine the Freeze clapping back in at Twitter. Imagine what that would create. Yes, Josh would be insufferable, but he's already insufferable. Just imagine <laughs> what that would imagine what that would create.
1: What about you, Doc? I know you're a runner, so this one might bother you more.
0: Well, that's the thing. If I raced the freeze, I wouldn't lose. So, <laughs> um, you know, I, but but I, w- I would have to go with uh, with Josh Lenning because, I mean, he Josh has learned a lot from, from Ed Nasty as far as being a master troll. <laughs> um,
1: He's still got he, a lot to learn.
0: <laughs> yeah, he, he had a lot of potential. That, you know, if we can use the scouting parlance, uh, you saw flashes of it, um, you know. But now he, he's double plus troll, and uh, he's approaching elite level. And uh, so, yeah, I would rather go with, with Josh beating the freeze. I think.
1: Okay. Okay. First base or third base seats?
2: That's hard. Uh, I like first base personally. Just my personal preference. I I like sitting on that sideline.
1: Yeah,
0: I'll, I'll I'll go first base seats.
1: First base. All right uh who would win in a pie eating contest dylan or doc
2: oh that's me all the way 100 <laughs> percent.
1: doc is that true i don't know
0: man because i'm a runner i get into some really weird food fits so i might i might give you a run for your money on that
2: you don't understand I, my competitive streak like i will not be beaten i may get sick and like not be able to move for four days i will not stop
0: you ever seen that scene in stand by me yeah <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I get a feeling that it would it would kind of wind up looking like that. Well,
1: what the, what type of pie is it? Um, what what can, well, uh, cream pie. Like what Oh, that's food? Dylan. Okay.
0: Just cherry pie, apple pie. We can talk. But we'll see. We'll organize something, you know, maybe for for social media day we'll have an actual
1: pie eating contest. That's I actually not Doc a bad Zill idea. Now, I can hear you all now. Be like the rock. It's like Oh, I got every kind of pie you can think of. I got strawberry pie. I got blueberry pie. I got appleberry pie. <laughs> you know, right? right, right?
0: Now, I mean, if we if we get a big enough group that uh, that sets up in, in one of the lots, then um, you know, maybe we can maybe we can organize something. If uh, young Twitter versus old Twitter doesn't go to war, and, uh, <laughs> <Right>.
1: <laughs> if, if casualties. Right. You know. uh, It'll be like it'll be like the the uh, man War starting all over again. You exactly.
0: Know? <laughs> Tyler Wilson shows up with a pitchfork. Yeah. Uh, you know,
1: Braves ninjas riding a bear.
0: Oh. <laughs> here's Tommy Poe with his hand grenade.
1: Uh, <laughs> okay, last one. If you could walk around the rest of your life with either no nose, no eyes, or no mouth, which one would you choose?
2: Ooh. <laughs> no mouth my mouth gets me into a lot of trouble so
1: (laughs) but could you actually live without talking dylan
2: oh sure i mean stephen hawking has that thing that had that thing that talked for him (laughs) they've got those blinker talks they get a robot voice
1: i can hear dylan now
2: listen you fat lard get out of my way
1: you are a complete idiot (laughs) do not tweet anymore
2: oh i'd be a horrible person with that thing i would like i would say the worst things on purpose like, you can't you can't yell at that guy like, you can't, he can't get in trouble it's like being the old man and taking your pants off in public like you you can't get in trouble for it
1: oh hmm okay what about you doc
0: um I'm pretty much blind as it is um <laughs> so I would have to go with no eyes um well for two reasons one be i mean it's it's seriously it's amazing that they still let me drive um. <laughs> But also, like, if we get into where I have no mouth, then I have to start getting into logistics. Like, if I have no mouth, then what does my beard look like?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, that's important information. Like, if yeah. you get a beard that runs all the way up to your mustache, then, you know, just like a solid. Hair oh, yeah. Just,
0: yeah. Just just color the whole thing in. Yeah. that's It's weird, you know? But, Plus. But who knows? So, yeah, I'd go since I'm basically with no eyes anyway.
1: This would probably be a better question for your wives too like what, oh my wife would, my
2: wife work? would leave me for any of the three
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I think Ellen, my, mine would, you, would you offer me would to your have your that wife out. leave you with without any of the three that's, that's like
2: funny. if i lost any of those three she's gone we are we are very open about that she does not pull <laughs> punches she does not lie about that stuff oh,
1: to man. be frank oh. i'm
2: worried about as i get older and start losing more and more of my hair
1: <laughs> uh well it is what it is mine mine gets fir- mine runs further and further from my eyebrows i reckon they're kind of scary so
2: well my uh, problem is it's th- and she's out of the room so i can say this it's her fault because i have oh i have before yeah. and after pictures that one day i will show you Ken, of just how full my hair was before i met her uh mm-hmm. and then what it was like a year after we were together
1: Maybe it's just that she saved it for as long as it has. Like, you were just going to, like, it was all going to turn loose. and You'll see. Kept it around as long as it has.
2: You will see. Um, but, holy crap, we're at 45 minutes, and we have, like, three sections still to go. Okay.
1: <laughs> Let me ask you one more thing, then. Let me ask this question. Who is Bruce Zimmerman, Doc?
0: <laughs> okay, so Bruce Zimmerman is a, a fifth-round pick out of Mount Olive, which is um, – I think 11 people uh, go to that school. He was because the Braves went over slot on Kyle Wright and, uh, and a little on Drew Waters and Freddie Tarnock. Um, once you start getting into that round or like between six and 10 and the draft is like where you start getting into senior signs. Um, but since they went over slot on, on Wright and Waters and Tarnock, they kind of had to start senior signs a little early, but he was. Really, kind of known as a control artist who gets a gets a lot of ground balls. Like he was really, like he had a twelve strikeouts for nine, not a lot of walks, and so he's pitching for Rome right now. He's twenty three, so he's a little old to the level. But let me just put it like this, okay? Throughout this this season, he's got a two thirty six ERA, and his um, FIP is two thirty four. So there's no smoke and mirrors there. Um, mm-hmm. He had he had one outing. Where he it was just an absolute stinker. He went four innings and allowed uh, seven earned runs, two home runs, one walk, three strikeouts. Outside of that, he has pitched twenty-two point two innings with thirty strikeouts, one walk, <laughs> and he has not allowed an earned run. This I um, Bryce Wilson is kind of killing it in Florida right now. His ERA is zero yeah. point three four. <laughs> So as soon as the – we talked about the domino effect with Batista and Riley uh, earlier. So once you start getting into guys getting getting called up, like if Soroka stays up, then maybe you see somebody from the Mississippi rotation jump up. Wilson jumps up to Florida – or from Florida to Mississippi. And then Zimmerman, I think, needs to move up. But a guy like that, even even if he does come from a small school and he's, he's really uh, old for the level – a guy who's averaging 11 strikeouts per 9 or 11 and a half strikeouts per 9 and uh That's pretty see, good. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah, it doesn't matter who you are, where you are. That's pretty good and it's also when you you've got sub 1 walk per 9. That's that's crazy. That's and yeah. and, and and none of his other stuff like the the BABIP is 273 against him. So I I mean that might there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. So Yeah, yeah. I I don't know if he's a dude dude, but he, he might be a dude. He could be somebody. If you, if you put him in the bullpen, and he's a lefty too. So if you put him in the bullpen, he, he could possibly move pretty quick.
1: For real. I'll ask one last question. And then I'll stop hijacking your podcast. And I'll let y'all, like, have your podcast back. What yeah. You're used I, to asking I, questions. What do I have to do to get Johan Camargo to play third base for the Atlanta Braves?
2: I've been wondering the same exact thing. Um, is there some sort of sacrifice that I can perform? Some sort of ritual? Um,
1: like, I mean, you know, Eric Flaherty's apparently, like, got blackmail on Nick Marcakis. You know, is he's brother-in-law or something. Maybe Nick Marcakis threatened to whoop uh, Alex Anthopoulos' butt if, uh, if if Flaherty doesn't have playing time. You know, I don't know. But, like, you know, something's, something's got to give here. I, I, I kind of get disappointed when, like, Ryan Flaherty comes up and I'm sitting there thinking, you know, I'll be happy this at bat if he legs out an infield single,
2: right? And that's about all the best you can hope for. Oh, maybe he'll bloop one over. I wonder, and I've, I've posited this before on the Twitter sphere, if Ryan Flaherty is like a a secret power up card. To Nick Marcakis? Oh, yeah. Like, you, just, you apply your Ryan Flaherty card to your Nick Marcakis card, <laughs> yeah. and it, like, it's doubles like his output? Together, yeah. I wonder, I wonder if that's what it is because they look pretty similar other than Nick has that fro that needs to be cut. Um, yeah. That's the only thing I can figure because I, I guess if I'm being honest, and I, I'll, I'll be the smart person answer here, unfortunately, Um my biggest guess would be that because they view Camargo as a utility piece, that they are more inclined to keep him in that role um, so as to not confuse certain managers. If he starts like taking off and having a, a huge year like he did last year, when the plan seems to be Riley gung-ho at third base... Go ahead and get Camargo used to coming off the bench in key situations, uh, playing all yeah. over the infield, and yada yada yada. I think that's a bad idea. I don't like doing that. I don't get me wrong. I love the idea of Camargo as a super utility player. I love the idea. Yeah. I love the idea of somebody being good enough to force a player as good as Camargo into a utility Agreed. role, but. You Ryan don't move him, <laughs> right? You don't move him to a super utility role until somebody moves him to that role. Because I mean,
1: that's like you know, going back to the going back to the Infinity War movie. That's like imagining that like Ant Man is gonna bump Captain America. Exactly. Ant, you know, like Ant Man is on the team, so I'm sorry, Cap, you don't get to be a part of the team anymore. Right? You're gonna have to stay at base while Ant Man goes out. And saves the world. That, and let's be real. He's not even a real hero. Like it would work.
2: He's not even a real hero. Ooh, he can shrink to the size of an ant. Yeah, like,
1: so? He's Paul Rudd. I
2: mean, come on. <laughs> and I, I get it. Flaherty led the league in hitting for a week. Congratulations. Great job on Flaherty. Uh, that's the best. He's That's probably the best one-week stretch he's ever had in his entire career combined. Um, but
1: He's like a career 223 hitter.
2: I think it's lower than that. I think he's like, a, last I checked, he was like a 214, 215.
0: Yeah, but after after Camargo hit that home run earlier, uh, Flaherty hit one, two.
1: I do, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, but and I, I also wonder if. um If Flaherty is being I don't not like actively shopped. I mean, this is it would be like a Julius Chessine situation where it's like hey, we got somebody that can take this guy's place. Does anybody want him? Dodgers? Anybody? You know, with, with Seeger out. It's not like Flaherty's going to step in and do the job Seeger did or, or some somebody. He He's not a bad piece, you know, but the fact that we talked about this last week with, with Chris Domino, the fact that the Braves on Batista tells me that um, they know the regression is coming for Flaherty and that he's not going to be the long-term guy. Plus, as it pertains to Camargo and he, he's done enough. He should be getting more start. He maybe even if he's some type of split platoon, whatever. But I mean, Flaherty's still getting probably, um, seventy five percent of the starts. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, you can do a lot worse than having a switch hitter with power who can play any position off the bench. It's almost yeah, like and, a, and that's a the only thing I can it. figure.
1: That's the only thing I can figure is that Snicker likes being able to bring in the switch, the switch hitting role late in the game, but like. Still, it's Ryan Flaherty, and that home run that he hit tonight is probably going to get him, like, 15 more starts over Camargo, which is just disappointing. But it's like, you know, at the end of the day, I don't expect power out of him. I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining that he had a good start. I'm saying, no one, Camargo's better. Why isn't he playing every day?
2: Right. That's what I'm saying. I And like I said, congratulations to Flaherty for what he's done. That is, I'm very happy for him. Um Sometimes a guy that, that just grinds as long as, as Flaherty does, you like to see them do something good, and you like to see them establish some sort of trade value. I get that.
0: Congratulations.
2: Um, but thank you, phone, for telling me congratulations. I appreciate that. Um, but Flaherty is in no way, shape, or form a starter. If you could not start for the Orioles before <laughs> they had Manny Machado, you should not be starting for the Braves or really anybody else. And correct me if I'm wrong, but is Camargo – I keep forgetting which side. I believe Camargo is actually a better hitter from the left side, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Had a little trouble with righties last year. Yep. Hit
0: His trouble. bad was was kind of, kind of outrageous. I'm curious to see –
2: From which uh, side of the plate? I don't want to sound stupid. Was he better well, as from, a left-handed hitter or a right-handed hitter?
0: He was – you know what? Talk amongst yourselves. I can look that up.
2: I can't for the, for the life of me I can't remember which one it was. He was like a 250 hitter against one side and like a 400 against the other one. Or yeah, yeah
0: but that that was carried with a with a 481 BABIP. Yeah, I've, <laughs> so yeah.
2: Either way, but but either way, the other thing I like is that Camargo actually brings you upside. Like he's yeah. 24, 25 years old. He's you going to improve. The is <laughs> and his arm is way stronger than Flaherty's. Like ten thousand yeah. times stronger. And Flaherty's got a great glove. He's got good reactions on the turns. Um, that dude ain't throwing anybody faster. And he's, he's not going to throw at anybody that, that gets it into the hole. And I get that. I don't think anybody's going to trade for him. I think that's just a thing. I think Snicker finally discovered what double switches are. Uh, and he's yeah, in love with them so. right now. And he needs a player that he can bring in on a double switch.
1: Maybe so. This is the thing, though. Camargo, with the amount of power he's shown this season already and during the Winter Leagues, I I truly think you're missing out on the opportunity to see a 25 home run guy not playing every day. You know what I mean? Like, he's really looking that way. And maybe I'm insane, but that's the way – the kid has put on so much muscle and size, even in the last six months, much less the last two years, that I I just think there's a lot in there. And if you look at – like you you were bringing up the Astros earlier, when you've got Bregman and Correa and Gurriel and – uh, Springer and all those guys and Altuve, those guys are getting plenty of rest. They're playing every day, uh, still, you know. And you've got really okay. So this is the thing I think most people forget when you say a super utility player. That term gets a he plays every day.
2: Lot. Think Ben Zobrist or Hobby yeah. Baez. Don't or think or
1: Corey Taylor. I mean, Chris Taylor. Chris Taylor. Yeah. I mean,
2: or uh, this is the guy who I've been thinking, Marwin Gonzalez.
1: Yes. Exactly. So so but like I think in Atlanta Braves fans mind, the Braves have never have very rarely had a true super utility player. They've had a lot of utility players, meaning a guy that a Daniel Castro, a guy that could come in and play really solid defense late in the game, even like a Raphael Belliard type that could play and give you really solid defense but wasn't very good offensively, or a guy that could come in late give you some pop off the bench like a bad Adams, somebody like that even, but then couldn't play defense to save their life except in like one position kind of thing. Well, like Braves, a super utility player is a guy that probably could start for other teams.
2: Well, Braves uh, haven't had it since super Prado. Utility guy, Prado's know? the last guy I can think of where the Braves had a super utility piece that you could, and it was before the term super utility got big, but right. who you could go run out there every night, whether it be second base, third base, right field or left field, and or first base, and you could run them out there everywhere. I think I think Sean the Braves the boat.
1: might have been that had he stayed healthy, but you know, he was hurt and the Braves didn't even keep him around long enough. I don't think Sean
2: Rodriguez can hit anywhere, but in a pirate's uniform. I think he, I think that's just like, he's a, he's a pirate for better or worse. <laughs> Maybe so. Uh, <laughs> moving on. We got to move on real quick as we're waiting for doc to come up with that information for us. Um,
0: if he 81 against lefties last year,
2: okay. So he's a better right-handed hitter. Okay. So, yes. So, he's going to be on the very short side of that platoon um what i want to talk about and doc had this one written down i think it's a great topic say the braves are in contention around the all-star break Mm -hmm. do you make a move and who are some of the targets that you that you look for
1: um i don't think you make any major moves as far as lineup construction um, maybe get a bench bat if you wanted one. You know, if there's a true guy floating around out there that's just a good, rock-solid kind of power guy. Um, I, I really think they could promote DPD and kind of have the same kind of concept, so I'm not even, like, real heavy on that. I think the one thing that the Braves would seriously need to look at would be some bullpen help. Replace Moylan, um, maybe replace Ramirez if he doesn't get his head screwed back on right But between now and then. Um, the rest of the bullpen, I really don't have a problem with. I think they've been real solid. It, I I haven't heard an update on Shane Carl as to exactly um, how healthy or not. He's day to day.
2: He's day to day. So looks like we dodged the worst.
1: Assuming that's not that bad, um, I would say you know if maybe say the Yankees play themselves out of contention, maybe they're willing to get rid of one piece, but their their price is going to probably be too high. Um, Maybe you could maybe the Brewers suck it up real bad and and you could get one of their bullpen pieces. Um, maybe the Dodgers, Kenley Jansen's off to a horrible start. Maybe the Dodgers like decide they want to at least get rid of that one piece. That's kind of crazy, but I wouldn't, I mean, I, I don't know what he costs, but it seems kind of crazy, but I don't know. I bullpen would be the one place I would look at and I'm not giving up. I mean, depending on what you're getting, I mean, obviously the price is always based on what you're getting in return, but, um, I'm not giving up anything of much value unless I'm getting somebody that I've got control of for a while.
2: That Let's talk does. about that. Who are some of the prospects in this situation that you would actually like where do you draw the line on your prospects of who you would trade? Like who's your who who where do you draw your particular line?
1: Um, for me, I'll just try to give you like in my opinion, and I I will call them non tradables. That's not true. Um, if you had the right piece coming, like if back, you offered they, me Mike
2: Trout, I'd, I'd give you these guys. But yeah,
1: exactly. Like if you're offering me uh, Madison, Madison these some of these names would obviously probably go. You know that kind of thing. But um, I'm not trading Kyle Wright. Um, I'm not trading. Uh, let's see. I'm not trading Christian Pache. I know a lot of people are like, "Oh yeah, he's trade bait." Your outfield's fine. No, like I really think my perfect world, nobody touches anything, and we have an outfield of Ender Acuna Pache and VPD and, and, and maybe Camargo even a little bit as a utility piece. If he's going to truly play super utility, that's, that's a pretty solid outfield. Assuming Pache continues on the path he's at with drew waters coming behind him. You know, uh, I know you can't like guarantee what a prospect's going to be, but I'm just saying that's, that's still in my opinion. I, those are, those are, I'm, I'm, I'm not getting rid of, obviously you're keeping Soroka. Um, At this point, I think Allard's moved into trade bait for me, even though I still think he's going to be a really good pitcher. Um, Luis Guajara's trade bait for me uh, until I know how healthy he is. Uh, I'm real concerned about the fact that he was 10 miles an hour off his velocity. Yeah, that was weird. That's
2: That's really not good.
1: Yeah, that's it just scares the bejesus out of me maybe it was intentional it seems like that's probably not what you'd be wanting to do though get trying to get ready to come back at the big league level so I, I don't know but um, hopefully that's a mechanics issue and not a physical problem but um, let's see I'll tell you this like he's probably trade bait but I, I hate I just hate what Atlanta has done with Max freed I, I think Max freed, is such a better pitcher than he's been used as and it it irks me to no end than moving him to the bullpen and back and bullpen and back and bullpen and back. Just if you want him to start, let him start. If not, get him out of the bullpen because he's not really a bullpen pitcher. He's never gonna be a bullpen pitcher. And I hate using guys like him as a mop up guy because he's not a mop up guy. You know, I, I don't know. I don't like that. Um of course, you know, pretty much anybody else, uh yeah, I'm not trading Tukey. I'm not trading Tukey. And at this point, I think it's dumb to trade Austin Riley unless you're getting something insane back just because I think you're kind of starting to see what you got out of him. So, like, yeah, I think my my, my non-tradables are right, Tukey, Soroka, uh, at least mostly Allard and Pache. And, and I, I think... I'm almost there with Ian Anderson. I know some people aren't near as high on him, but like, I really like Ian Anderson. I think he's big. Um, but yeah, I think right now those would be my only like non tradables. Uh, I know there's younger guys that are awesome and coming, and I'm not even doubting them at all. Like Wentz or Mueller or, or any of the other guys that you want to list. Uh, but, but I do think they're still tradable at this point anyway. So,
2: what about you, Doc? Do you have a list of players that you would actually, that you would consider targeting, or do you just have the list of players you will not trade?
0: Uh, you know, as far as guys that you could target, it's it is it's obviously you have to, it takes two to tango, you need a, a team that's going to be willing to shop some of its assets, but if there's anything I've learned from watching uh, the Pitching Ninja, it's that Adam Adovino yeah. uh, of, of Colorado. A beautiful yeah. slider. Dude is absurd. Yeah, I've n- never seen anything like the movement on some of that guy's pitches. It is I an obscene Ottavino, slider. But like,
1: I think the price would just be prohibitive because I don't think they're going to get rid of him. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, he's um, – Arizona is already trying to run away with that division. But uh, so it, who knows if Colorado is even going to be around. If they'd entertain uh, options, I think you're right. The bullpen is going to be the biggest piece. I don't think that you make the big splash for an outfield uh, – for an outfielder or third base, I mean, people kicking around the idea of, oh, let's get Machado for, you know, let's give up a couple prospects to get Machado for two months. Like, if you are willing to do that, you've got to be so positive that you're going to win the World Series that it makes it worth giving up.
1: Yeah, Anderson that's stupid. You don't need Machado. What, what good will Machado even bring you? I mean, sure, he's having a walk year kind of year, but I mean, like, I, I, th- this team is not hurting on runs. They're The number one run-scoring team in the National League right now. You know, I don't mm-hmm. think runs is the problem. It's giving up runs. <laughs> that's the problem.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and you know, maybe somebody like Tony Watson from from San yeah. Francisco, because um, I mean, it's the Giants. They're right. <laughs> you know, they're not they're not they're really trash. making a whole lot of noise. Um, maybe Kelvin Herrera from Kansas City. That's another team that's just bound. They, they have a chance to, to really um, really improve their farm system with this draft, but that could be a really good match just because, you know, what do they hold on to assets for? You know, the exactly. fact that they re-signed with it was almost like a favor. and uh, But they did that knowing that the only team that, that might finish um, behind them in the division is the White Sox. So um, as far as untradables in the, in the system, I, I don't know. You... I don't want. I don't want to trade anybody. You know, I. Well, I, I yep, like you like when if you're going to here. Well, like with with Soroka last night. You know, I I was I was doing the the recap detail for for talking chop, and when I was doing the the game thread, I looked up how long it's been. You know, I remember watching Mike Soroka get drafted. And I remember all of the reactions and that was all 1057 days ago. It's a long time, man. So he and Colby and Minter and Riley and all these guys that, that come in the system at the same time, you get attached to them. You know, it's been, it's been three years. These are our dudes. And, you know, I remember trading Upton and getting max freed once again, because uh, I, I did that. I, I traded just Upton <laughs> for, for max free, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. If anybody, you know, somebody like Ian Anderson, you you don't want to get rid of, like, a Colby Allard because even with the durability issues, even with the fact that he's a slight frame type of guy, um, he's solid, man. He, and people people bag on him because he's topping out at, like, 92, 93, when he was throwing 96 a couple of years ago. Who cares, you know? Like, if he gets the job done, he gets the job done. So... Yeah, hate to see somebody like that go, but I I think that, that Freed could be on the block because you're right. I mean, there's there's so many pitchers that, you know, there's almost just not a role for him. And he could actually be a big piece for somebody else. So and more than anything, I just wish success for all these guys. If they do wind up getting traded, then obviously what I want for them is to go on and maybe not Adam Wainwright type <laughs> situations all across the board. But you know, you you wish you know, if Max free gets traded to the Marlins for JT real mutos and you want him to do awesome, except for when he faces the Braves. So, um, but Travis, DeMerrit, you can trade him yesterday. I I, I <laughs> well, well,
2: thank I, well, I'm, you. I'm sure everybody's really knocking down week? the door for that.
0: He he has had a really good week, but I, <sighs> but every, you know, he's 21. And if anybody in front of him on the, on the, uh, pipeline list gets traded, I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> and see, this is
2: this is the part that it, this is the more difficult part of the rebuilds because now you've accepted that your major league team is horrible or has been horrible, so you've latched on to the minor league guys, the saviors, and now you get to this point where you've acquired all these assets. You do not have listen. There's not 43 spots on a baseball field, so you cannot play all of these guys. Uh, and if you keep them in in different roles, then you then you lose value. So some of these guys are going to go. Uh, Before the show, when I should have been doing more pre-show, I just started writing down some of the names that I like. I'll name some of these and see what you guys think. Uh, I've got Ricella Glacius from the Reds, mostly because the Reds are horrible. Walt Jockety is an idiot, and I don't think it would take a whole lot because Walt Jockety is dumb. I don't think it would take a lot to get Ricella Iglesias. I think it's you could not,
1: let me ask you this, Dylan. Like I go back and forth on Iglesias, because I've watched him in fantasy leagues and everything else a lot pretty closely. Um, is he Is he going to be more like uh, and I'm gonna I'm, I'm speaking specifically like results, not the type of pitcher per se, but mm-hmm. is he gonna be more like a rolled as chapman or Arodis Vizcaino.
2: He's closer to Vizcaino, but I'm not keeping I'm not having him for him to be the closer.
1: Right, right. I'm
2: having that. him right, to be right. set up man for eventually mentor if mentor can figure some things out because I'm not real happy with mentor right now. Um
1: Mentor's just a rookie learning some things. It, I'm having a, I'm Everybody not, forgets. Craig Kimbrell was the exact same as, mem- as mentor the first year. Like everybody forgets that. Craig Kimbrell what, walked everybody. <laughs>
2: what I what I'm not happy with Mentor. What I'm not happy with Mentor at the moment is he's thinking he's Mariano Rivera throwing a, a cutter every single pitch it seems. Yeah. Uh and his cutter is a new pitch. So maybe perfect that in the bullpen instead of throwing it <laughs> 15 times in an outing. Uh that that's all I'm saying. Um, but Rysel Iglesias is high on my list. Now, he would probably take at least a a decent piece. Uh, That would be one if you're considering if you have to trade off. I would trade from your starting pitching. That's your position of strength. Um, That would be one that I would consider a Max Fried move. If you can get Max Fried as the centerpiece for that Rysel Iglesias, I don't think it would take a whole lot more than that because the Reds do need starting pitching. Luis Castillo is going to be a, an absolute stud, Hunter Green looks great, but he's he's still probably two or three years away. Tyler Malley, very good. I don't know why people seem to think that that came out of nowhere for him. He's throwing yeah. no hitters at every level of the minors that he's been at, and he's always been a he's always been a really good pitcher. He's just because he's for the Reds, nobody knows who he is. But I would try to build a deal around Freed there, and I think Freed is your best trade chip, honestly, on the entire in your entire system because you're not going to give away. You're not giving away Soroka, obviously. I don't think they'd give away Allard unless they were just blown away, blown away. I think Allard is a guy that the Braves aren't going to offer. I think somebody has to offer for him and blow them yeah, away. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, yeah. But other than that, I think there's plenty of others. I like Nate Jones from the White Sox, a, a reliever, um, strong strikeout guy, uh, veteran. He's a right-handed, uh, right-handed pitcher, I believe. But the White Sox are awful. They're just an asset acquisition right now. So that one could be gotten pretty easily. And if you're trading for a reliever, it shouldn't cost you high-end, high-end player. So you might be able to get away with somebody in the, oh, maybe 15 to 30 range, something like that. Uh, Rick Porcello, maybe. I don't like the contract that he has. It's a lot of money for him. But if you're looking to shore up the starting rotation, I think he would come in and be your best pitcher. And I'm not saying this because I think Porcello's great. I think he's a touch above Tehran. If for the fact that Porcello has been better the last few years about not giving up the same amount of home runs as Tehran, unless I'm wildly off on that, but uh, it seems that that Porcello has done a little bit more consistent of a job than Julio. Um, I don't think that they would necessarily be targeting starting pitching, but if they were, Porcello's about the only guy I can think of that would be worth bringing in. Uh, he's very low down on my list. He'd probably take a, a fair bit to bring into, uh, unless you just took on all the money. Um, I like Jed Jerko a lot. I wanted Jed Jerko as a free agent to come here. Jed Jerko is a guy that has a, a, a large amount of power, uh, plays a good third base, not a great third base, a little bit above average. Uh, he's versatile enough to play second base as well in corner outfield. Um, I love Jerko. He's a guy that he's got 13 million owed in 2019 and 13 million again in 2020. So he'd be making a little bit of a.
1: Look, Dylan, if you love Jerko that much, let's get you a shirt and I'll, I'll put on a clown makeup and like, get a big nose and, and we'll put I love J E R K O. And you can wear that around and he can keep playing for another baseball team and not the Atlanta Braves.
2: Okay, and, Mr. Nick Castellanos. Um,
1: hey. The dude's tearing it up. I don't want to hear it.
2: Okay. Yeah, I want him running around the outfield after Matt Kemp. My other one, and this is the sneaky one. This is the guy that I actually think, if you were looking to add a position player, as somebody who's a versatile guy, Scooter Jeanette. (laughs)
1: Uh,
2: Another Reds player, but Scooter Jeanette Play. He can play second base. He can play third base. He gives you, you just a,
1: like guys with crazy names. That's all it is, Dylan. You you just start, you. you I like guys. How good they play. You want guys with funny names.
2: You should check Jeanette's numbers. Jeanette's a good player. He's got twenty home run power. He's left handed, which plays well in SunTrust Park. So it doesn't worry me as much moving from the Great American Small Park over here because he's going to be hitting lefty in a a lefty home run stadium you can move him around the diamond he's not owed that much so it's not going to bother me when they start moving other players up and he gets bumped to the bench you want to talk about a guy that's good to have in another super utility role let's say you trade let's say if you want to go into the offseason and acquire uh, a a big time pitcher now you've got a, a camargo to offer which i would hate to see him go but if he sets up value like that then that's an obviously an awesome trade piece, along with one of your 5,000 pitchers.
1: Yeah, I I don't think the Braves need an ace. I mean, i got to be honest with you. I do. Like, there's a part of me wants one just for playoff experience kind of thing, but I don't think it has to be an ace. Like, last year, if you told me that Justin Verlander was going to be the ace of the Astros, I would have told you you were an idiot. Like, because Verlander, while he's good, he's not – I did not think – Anything Verlander had done in the last three years qualified him to still be considered a number one ace. And then he goes to the Astros and he looks like freaking 2010 Justin Verlander. And I'm like, what? Where did this guy come from? You know, like, (laughs) I thought he was dead. You know, (laughs) like, there's a part of me that says the Braves really don't need an ace. They've got Tukey coming. They've got Soroka that's here. They've got, shoot, it looks like Sean Newcomb may be legit. I, very much legit. I mean, I don't think it's worth going out and spending insane money in a game where people barely go six innings anymore, to go get an ace. And and like that's a change of position for me. If you can get Clayton Kershaw like in free agency and can spend the money, that's a different story. But like, I don't think I would trade prospect capital for it at this point.
2: And that is obviously the main question. Everybody's been looking at this season with eyes on the 2019 free agency class since you've got names like. Bryce Harper, uh, yeah. Manny Machado, Dallas Keuchel, um, Andrew Miller, Craig Kimbrell. Kershaw has an option to be a free agent. Uh, he's going to opt out of his contract. He's not getting out of L.A. Um, yeah, L.A. is going to give yeah. him a $300 million With contract. With the
1: exception, I'm curious, I did think that. But I think Texas is going to be very tempting to him.
2: Maybe because he's from Texas.
1: Yeah, but, yeah, I think – and they've got money to spend because they saved up going after Otani and then didn't spend it. And that's a young team with a lot of good pieces but not quite there yet. And it feels like – I don't know. If I'm him, I'm very interested in that.
2: Well, I'll tell you this. And I'm Atlanta, expecting Texas to get start, Machado. If,
1: if you're an ace pitcher, why wouldn't you want to come play for the Atlanta Braves right now? I mean, that's the only thing. Like, This is going to be a fun team. They're going to be in the playoffs for multiple years to come unless injuries debilitate them somehow. Um, It's a very interesting position. But again, like I say, I would actually be the type that I think the Braves will play more to the secondary markets of people needing to dump pitchers because they got Bryce Harper or because they got um, Clayton Kershaw and they're trying to avoid luxury tax. I could see the Braves actually getting really good players without having to give up a whole ton to get them. So I don't know. I mean, it'll be an interesting off season. I'm not a I'm not a specialist in that. That's just my gut talking, and my gut t- says a lot of stupid stuff sometimes. So well, I'll,
2: I'll tell you what I expect. I fully expect Kershaw to stay in LA. I expect Machado to go to Texas to get a huge deal. He'll play shortstop there, um, and they'll deal off Elvis Andrews in the process. They'll find somebody to take on his contract. Uh, Harper, I think he's. I I want to say he's bound for New York. I just I think he's a cub. Maybe I I've just I think is too. I've I've just always pictured him wearing pinstripes, and it's probably because I hate the Yankees and I hate Bryce Harper. Uh, that it, it just seems to be a, a fit uniform wise, but I could see him going to the think, Cubs, like you say. I could see him going I to L.A. The
1: Yankees spending for him, as crazy as it sounds. I don't think, I think the Yankees would rather spend on pitching at this
2: point. I think that would be a smarter move for the Yankees. I think they've moved away from that buy a World Series type of mentality. I really do. But Harper's I, I, I as much think, as I hate him
1: now. now if, if if George is still alive, it's an entirely different story. I think Harper's a Yankee, and there's nothing else to be said about it. But with George not running the show anymore, they really seem to actually be letting Cashman do things his way. And Cashman's a very smart executive. He's not an idiot, and uh, I, I, I mean
2: the one thing I would say they- to that, as much as I hate Bryce Harper, any lineup that's going to feature Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton. Bryce Harper in the same lineup with Gary Sanchez. That is an insane amount of pop in that lineup.
1: That's also a sane amount of strikeouts.
2: It is, but people in baseball don't care about strikeouts.
1: In fact, I will go so far as to say I did not pick the Yankees to win their division because of the strikeouts. And I even have them questionable at getting a wild card because of the strikeouts. It's, oh, those guys are awesome. They're amazing. And when they're hot, they're going to crush a lot of teams for a week or two at a time. But you've already seen this year. Stanton has been terrible at the start of this season. And that's not new. That's not new. Like If anybody that watched him in the Marlins knew the dude's streaky as heck, and yes, he may hit 50 home runs and get streaky and carry the team, and then he may totally disappear. And I think those guys, I, I don't know. If you build an entire team that way, I don't know how many World Series you win because good pitching is going to beat them at the end of the day. Well, let me take it back. Great pitching is going to beat them. Good pitching is probably not. Great pitching going to beat them every time, I think.
2: I would bet you they're a team that's going to put up 20 runs multiple games this year. And then they're I also going to so. have. Yeah. I think they'll have stretches where they don't score for like yeah. three games. But because I do think you're right, when you get into that massive, massive power, it comes with its own drawbacks. But I, I say that to say this: I'm not really on board with the. I don't. I kind of agree with you, Ken. Uh, unless you're talking about a bona fide top of the rotation guy, I I don't see anybody that I really want to allocate that many resources to in the starting pitcher market for free agency at least. Like Kershaw is a big name. I don't like Keichel as far as that top of the rotation guy. My list
1: is very short, and I mean like five names probably. Like Clayton Kershaw, Madison Bumgarner, Chris Sale, Max Scherzer.
2: Bumgarner's uh, the guy that I look at. I would like – you're not getting Kluber. Um, Bumgarner, I really do think you could acquire. Uh, I think there is some tension between him and the Giants front office due to the incident. Um, Yeah. And the Giants are awful, and their farm system is complete crap. And it is especially bad in the pitching section of that. And you have a ton of pitchers that you could deal to get Bumgarner over here. And Bumgarner, I don't care what people say, Bumgarner is still a very, very, very good pitcher, would instantly slot in at the top of your lineup. I think if it's me and I'm having my druthers, the one name that I'm circling for free agency is Andrew Miller. He solves a lot of problems. You've got your dominant bullpen piece who can go a lot of innings. I know he's injured this year, but generally generally speaking, a ton of innings, yeah. completely clutch, and he's not the closer that Kimbrell is. He's also not going to cost what Kimbrel's going to. He's going to cost a lot because he is probably yeah. the number one bullpen arm, in my opinion, that's not a closer. I might have him ranked second or third in value behind Chapman and Kimbrell.
1: I'll um, tell you who I would go for other than him. And, and I would go for David Robertson. I think he's more acquirable. I think he's had enough of a downtime to be a little under the radar, especially in that bullpen. He's not as high profile because there's so many good guys in that bullpen. I, I, I think I'm all over David Robertson. If if, and if I'm if I'm the one making the pick, I think he fulfills the exact same role you're talking about with Andrew Miller. He's just a little less under the radar, so you probably don't have to pay quite as
2: but he's also not quite as good, not quite left-handed. But I do like Robertson a lot too. Uh, I could see that happening a good bit. What about you, Doc?
0: Give me Craig Kimbrel or give me nothing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I, I, he, I love Kimbrell, but I, I, I'm 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 not giving 15 to.
2: million to a closer.
0: You know, it's part of that. I think is just the guys like Craig Kimbrell are it's it's in that Chapman tier of guys where it's like. You're if you're a hitter, you've never you'd never don't have it in the back of your mind like, OK, this guy is better at his job than I am at mine. You know, it's there's the weight of what he can do is sometimes more important than what he can actually do.
1: Yeah, not to mention yeah.
0: there's the there's the nostalgia tie. And, if, you know, day after tomorrow or the, the day that this podcast drops, I'm going to going to SunTrust and I'm going to see Acuna's debut, which I actually was going to wind up doing before before we um, even knew that he was getting called up. And I, I'm anticipating that one moment where, like, his name gets announced and he gets a standing ovation without ever having taken a, uh, a bat at home, right? So that same type of moment in that same type of category, can you imagine, like, the, the earth is going to shake when Craig Kimbrell, like, when Welcome to the Jungle starts up and he starts jogging in from the bullpen and like every single person in that place is going to just lose their freaking minds. That is the type of thing that is what energizes the team. That's what energizes the fan base. It would bring the like that right there. The Braves signing Craig Campbell, That is the official end of the rebuild. Because Here's my problem.
1: Though.
0: Here's my problem.
1: I love Brian Snicker. I do not trust Brian Snicker to use Craig Kimbrell. I do
2: not either at all. Because
1: Craig Kimbrel is going to be the closer. He's going to pitch every time in the night, and you're going to lose a lot of games because Craig Kimbrell only performs in high-performance situations. I mean, like, seriously.
2: Don't give him a three-run lead. Craig
1: Kimbrell, who's over 30 now, on the backside, a guy that relies on his power and his speed. I'm not, I'm not saying it's going to fall off. That's not really even what I'm saying. But this is a guy that, I, you know, it's kind of like, you know, the Oceans, you know, in Oceans 12 or or Oceans 13, I don't even remember which one, but the Oceans 11 movies, Oceans 12, they're sitting there like, well, we could always do the thing talking about like re hitting the casino in, from the first movie. And they're like, nah, you, you do the, you move on. We did that. You do something different. You know, like, you don't do the same thing again. That's kind of how I feel about Kimbrel, is that was the 2013, 14, 15 Braves, you know, like, uh, you know, or 14 breaks. Um I don't, I don't want to go back. I don't want to lose the Kimbrel that I knew because I get to watch it decline in old age. You know, I, 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 I'm fine with AJ mentor. I'm fine with other pieces. Like I love Kimbrel. Don't get me wrong. And I would probably be one of the ones screaming just like you were talking about doc, but there's a part of me that's like, eh, I, I, I don't know. It, it feels like going back instead of, Going new, you know, and Bert going to a new place. I, I get just what I'm saying, that's, though, that's fair. That's fair. No, I I see that, but I. Um, I get where you're coming
2: just, from, Doc. I would be I just love him. I would absolutely insane. I would be going insane when that song came on and he came running out there. I'd be freaking out. Um, I just cannot wrap my head around paying fifteen million dollars for a closer. I'm sorry.
0: Even Chapman, but if you're get, if you're gonna have to pay, like how much but you also have to weigh it relative to the market. So if you're going to wind up paying 12 million, 13 million for Andrew Miller, I mean, 2 million million is a lot. More. To me, boom, but, but is it to a team that's got money to spend?
2: Right, but Miller's going to pitch more and he's going to pitch in in mm-hmm. different situations.
1: Well, let me just make this this and, and and maybe we can wrap on this or move towards the end. We got to go to crazy questions. But but let me let me just kind of put this as a summary note, okay? Baseball is crazy. And as of right this moment, Nick Markekis and Bryce Harper have (laughs) the same amount of war.
2: That's right. That is exactly what just happened. You heard my dog bark as soon as you said that.
1: Nick and Bryce have the same war for the 2018 season.
0: So the Braves should re-sign
1: For a $300 million contract.
0: That's right. That's right.
2: Well, we have been at this for a while, so we are going to go ahead and get into the the section that you all look forward to the most every week, and that is where we ask questions that are completely unrelated to baseball. So without further ado, Doc is the brainchild behind this. He's the creative. So uh, I think Doc's going to get us started off here.
0: Well, this one does actually have a little bit of tie to baseball, but uh, you are uh, you are a little bit of a Twitter celebrity, Ken. So, <laughs> and you're you're kind of present for all of the uh, all of the big moments. What is your favorite moment in the history of Braves Twitter?
1: Ooh, favorite moment in the history of Braves Twitter. Um, it's kind of sad, but I'll have to say the national Bryce Harper striking out to put the nationals out last year and them still not have won a first round playoff series is probably my favorite moment. <laughs> I'm looking forward to when it's a Braves moment, but as that, of is right now, a, that is such that is such a hater thing out, to say. That's, that's that's totally my favorite moment as of right now. So
0: no, that's no that, that was a good moment. I um,
1: That is dedication. Oof.
0: When I, I wrote that question out, the first thing that came to mind was the no rain rain delay, which is all. Yeah. Yeah. That
1: movie. one's up there, too. Yeah. That one's pretty good, too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: All right. Uh, OK. So when we did the the Prospects Matter Summit for Not Domination, yep. um, we kind of got off on this weird tangent about uh, TV shows that you yep. are currently binging on. So I actually wanted to ask you that question. Now, what what TV show are you uh, has your attention right now?
1: well we recently had michael kelly on the show so like in trying to prep for that i got hung up watching house of cards so i'm like trying to catch up on house of cards um but to be honest the answer is still the same thing it was at the summit the the, the one thing is every night my wife and i go on to youtube and we watch critical role and watch dungeons and, it's a dungeons and dragons a bunch of voice actors. Nerdy voice actors that play Dungeons and & Dragons, and um, it's ridiculously fun to watch. And so we backed up and started at the very beginning, and uh, they, they they play for, like, three hours a week, basically, on a Twitch channel. But then all the videos are uploaded to YouTube, and so we're on, like, episode, I think we're up to, like, 54 now, or something like that. And it's just insanely good fun. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's the thing we probably spend most of our time at now. Otherwise... Um, like I'm not binge watching anything else right now. I, I go through my anime phases where I where I catch up on anime on Netflix. Um, I really, uh, I, I'm a big, big fan of Peaky Blinders. That was one of my favorite shows right now. Uh, it's just in the off season right now, so I'm not binging on it. But yeah, Peaky Blinders up there with probably my favorite current show that I just like can't get enough of. So. Very cool. How
2: about you, Dylan? I am binging probably about four different shows right now. This is how I watch television. If I'm not watching a game, uh, I binge shows. So I'll go on like streaks. So like right now, I'm uh, I'm binging Bob's Burgers because uh, <laughs> I, I love that show. Uh, I'm binging uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine because the fifth season is about to be done. And I'll be Are you able a Rick to- and
1: Morty guy?
2: I absolutely. I just finished binging Rick and Morty. Uh, nice. I absolutely love Rick and Morty. Um, I've got a few other anime shows that I'm binging. I've got some that I'm currently not binging. I'm waiting for more episodes so that I can binge hard. Um, I'm waiting for like like I just finished as weird as it is, I just finished Attack on Titan, uh, season one. Oh, Even though so everybody did tell me about it, it is amazing. Uh, I've got a few others I'm watching, but but really. I'm a weird guy, so like, if I go to play my MLB The Show game, I don't listen to that. I'll have something playing beside me. So like, right yeah, now, it's yeah. been Bob's Burgers on the tablet That's while the I'm playing baseball. What about you, Doc? You watch,
1: did you ever see Devil May Cry Baby?
2: Uh, I haven't. It's on my list of stuff to watch.
1: Crazy weird. You gotta check that out. Crazy weird.
2: Did you watch Ajin?
1: Nice jump by Netflix into the new genre there. Did, did you I watch what?
2: Ajin? Have you seen that one yet?
1: Yes, I have. It was
2: very, really very hated. weird.
1: Yes, very.
2: <laughs> what about you, Doc? What the, are you thinking? Uh,
0: you know, uh, pretty much, you know, if the TV's on, Braves are on. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's that's pretty much the main thing, but I will say that uh, season two of Westworld just started, and I just... I absolutely love everything about that show. The concept, the, the writing, the way that they tie in the multiple timelines, just, like... It is a. Do you have the clown honk ready? It's an absolute mind. <laughs> f- week after week, I just I love it. You know, uh, <laughs> I
1: haven't actually watched it. I watched one episode of it, and I said this is going to be so good that I do not want to get in the middle of it and have to wait for the next season. So I'm going to wait as long as possible before starting it, so that I can watch as many seasons back to back to back as I possibly can. The same way I game plan that-
2: it. I haven't watched it yet either for that same reason.
1: It's so
0: good, y'all. Like, and and that, the uh, season finale for season one was in December of 2016, and this season just started like two weeks ago. So it's it was a long. Oh, see, I couldn't handle long that. Way in between. It was, it's. But the good news for you is now you got 12 episodes that you can start on, and uh, just I'm I would love to go back and watch it from the beginning. Like I'd love to be in your position and just say, oh my god, there's there's so much to watch. So, yeah. uh, That was like
1: me with Game of Thrones. I was kind of the same way. It's just like, I'm taking a break. (laughs) I read the books,
2: so I was excited about that until they got past the books in the series. Then I was like, oh, crap. Should I watch it or should I wait?
1: Exactly. Same place. So um,
0: the question of is a hot dog a sandwich has been circulating for a long time, but I have something along those same lines. Um, is cereal soup?
1: Is cereal
0: soup? Is cereal soup?
1: I'm sorry, Doc. I'm going to plead the fifth.
0: <laughs> it's not it's soup. It's question. chowder. It's chowder. <laughs> cereal is not chowder.
2: It's thicker
1: cereal than soup. Is cereal? Cereal is cereal. It's not soup. But it's, it's
2: not, not soup. soup. It's not no, hot. It not can't soup. be soup, right? Soup has to be hot. Who who eats cold soup?
1: No, like gazpacho is cold, so like or can be. So what like, is
2: gazpacho? How do you know what gazpacho is, Ken?
0: Dude, I bought gazpacho today.
2: What is what is this word? What is gazpacho?
1: It's like cold Spanish soup. Mm-hmm.
2: Like what they yeah, serve in the shot glasses at super fancy parties.
1: I mean. Like yeah, it sounds like you should have to put on a poncho, like a pair of fake glasses and a nose, and like to eat gazpacho. It just sounds like that's what like there's like customary outfits you have to wear for it. But no, it, that, I, I don't know. I don't like it, but it's, it's soup.
0: Yeah, it it falls in that same, um, and I think it's the same phylum or the same species, but it's not the same. Uh, you know, it's not exactly the same thing. So. It's very refreshing I mean,
1: on it, summer's it, it's like, it's like a summer's day. It's like a Caitlyn Jenner of soups. <laughs> huh.
0: Okay. <laughs> I've never um, before
2: used a Caitlyn Jenner as, as an anagram for any food. That's interesting.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, I think this I mean, it
1: looks 10, like one that's... thing. It's got some other things in it. They're, 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 it's, 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 you know, it look, you expect one thing, and then, like, you bite into it, and there's more than you were bargaining for. I mean, yeah, I think it's a pretty good, pretty good example.
0: You're not getting this type of insight on Philly's podcast, <laughs> for sure. Um, okay, uh, before before we reference Caitlyn Jenner again, uh, who is your favorite guitarist of all time? Ooh, only one Ooh, correct
1: answer. Oh, uh, oh, God, that's a really hard one. Um, shoot, probably that can only be one. Man, it's really really hard because there's some like really good ones that ah, uh, it really depends what type of music you're talking about because I, I love so many different guitars like George Harrison's up there you know Eric Clapton's like the cleanest guitarist of all time that kind of thing but Billy you, you know you got I don't know Uh,
2: Quit floundering Answer
1: Favorite guitarist of all time man. It it probably Man I don't know It's hard for me to like Probably Chet Atkins
0: Chet Atkins is a good call
2: Stevie Ray Vaughan No other Nothing else necessary Stevie Ray Vaughan
1: yeah Steve, stevie's certainly up there like
2: make that guitar mom right.
1: momstein you know I mean, like <laughs> are we talking about technical ability or are we talking about quality sound Jimi hendrix of course is gonna throw his name in the ring uh, uh yeah yeah I, I think i'm still gonna go with chet chet probably just because nobody can touch what i've seen him do with a guitar so what about you yeah, doc he's, he's, he's,
0: Oh, dude, Trey Anastasio in 1994 was the greatest musician who ever lived. He was... The, nobody strung together ideas like him. There's just... Like, he's better at real guitar than I am at air guitar. I can't even, like... <laughs> I can't even do, approach the things that he can do. Um, now, also,
1: Glenn Campbell throws his name in the ring, too. Glenn Campbell's one heck of a guitarist, if you really research his work. Like, everybody thinks that Glenn Campbell has like a rhinestone cowboy but like glenn campbell he played backup on some very serious rock and roll pieces back in the day if you go and look him up he he played a reverse intro to some songs when kenny rogers had a rock band um yeah really good stuff also don't forget lindsey
2: buckingham by the way one of the cleanest guitar players i've ever gone back and actually watched. when you look at his his picking technique it's all fingers by the way no actual pick he picks the way you're supposed to uh one of the cleaner guitar players you'll ever hear
1: yeah the way you're supposed to like there's a right way and a wrong way there is
0: martin offler martin offler is another one that's uh um finger style only and he actually uh he made an album with chet atkins as, yeah, as as fate would have it, uh, called uh, called neck and neck, and it was it was wonderful.
1: You know, Petrucci's up there as far as being one of the best guitarists of all times, just as far as technical ability. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: and I'll throw Kaki King out there as well. Um, yeah. The first, the first time I ever saw her play guitar, like it, it was one of those kind of watershed moments where I yeah. never, I never played the same again after I saw her play. I'm also yeah. going to throw. Sure. Out,
2: I'm going to throw out Albert King as well. Just for the simple fact that Albert King, if there was no Albert King, there would be no Stevie Ray Vaughn. There would be, you oh, wouldn't yeah, have yeah, hardly right. anybody. Albert, I actually think out of all those blues guys, Albert, BB, uh, Cooter Johnson, well, a whole well, host of others, one, Albert if you really is. really
1: want to get back to it. Without Bladelin and Jefferson, none of it happened. Without Robert I Johnson, even-
2: there's no rock and roll ever.
1: Yeah, like Blind Lemon and 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 yeah, him and um, Lead Belly. Those three guys really. Without them, you know, Big Mama Thornton, some of them plugging it in, different things. Yeah, yeah.
2: I'm just I'm just a big blues guy. I like hearing the guys that can make the guitar almost sound like almost feel something. That's I I, oh, yeah. I, I really that's my type of that's my bag. Probably,
1: so probably just my favorite listening guitarist. Like if I just want to sit down and listen to guitars. Buddy Guy is my go-to every time. He's like, I just love to listen to Buddy Guy play guitar. In fact, I love the Buddy Guy and John Mayer sessions. Like, I, you can hate John Mayer all you want; I'm fine with that. But those sessions where they play together are just phenomenal guitar sessions. They're begrudgingly,
2: Mayer is a good guitar player. I just don't like him.
1: I'm fine with that. Yeah, that's very, <laughs> no, there's a lot of guitars I don't like. <laughs>
0: One of the craziest career arcs I've ever seen is John Mayer from being an acoustic guitarist to now playing with uh, the living members of the Grateful Dead.
1: Yeah which, yeah, which is which
0: is crazy. And I've seen a lot of Jerry Garcia imitators out there. American he's about as good as they get. He is. <laughs> but speaking of being dead, I'm gonna move on to the next question. If you were on death row, Ken Hendricks, for some crime which can go uh, nameless for right now, what would be your last meal? I know this is two food questions in the in the segment, and that's, that's
1: okay. That's okay. My last meal, um, dang, it would be between uh, Carabas Pollo Rosa Maria. I, I love that stuff, and um, like mm, probably just like an all you can eat buffet from uh, Fogo de Chao.
0: Oh yeah. And plus, if it's all you can eat buffet, then if you never stop, and they never kill you.
1: Well, fuckin' the chow, I will eat till it kills me. So I mean, it would be like it'd be like one sentence, you know? Like they just have to wait a certain amount of time, and I would eventually just explode. So, uh, yeah, that's probably what I'm guessing.
0: All right, all right, cool, cool, cool. Um, this question comes from. This was lifted directly from the episode we did with Josh. And I think, you know what we're going to ask <laughs> say two nice things about Josh and say one, only one not so nice thing about Josh. Uh,
1: actually, the first part is the easiest part. Josh is probably the nicest guy you will ever meet. Like everybody thinks Josh is this big troll. Cause he kind of acts like one online, but Josh is the nicest human being you will ever meet. Uh, I don't think he's ever met a stranger. And like what people don't understand about Josh is it's really hard to get Josh to not like to not like you. Uh, I think people think like he takes personal stuff online or anything, but like he's only just trolling. He doesn't care about it. <laughs> he, He's not. There's nothing personal with anything he does online. But like I don't know if you meet a nicer human being like he'd give you the shirt off his back. He would do whatever it took. Yeah, like he's top notch. Um, let's see. Second thing. Um, Josh has never met a single human being that he can't convince to do something for him.
2: That sounds like it (laughs) could be positive or negative.
1: That's true. But like, like he has this magical gift. Like if we want somebody to come on the show, I just say, Hey Josh, how about you ask so-and-so to come on the show? And he's like, okay. And like, no one ever says no. Like, you can't say no to Josh for some reason, unless you work for a competing podcast, apparently, because they have said no. But everyone else, everyone else has said yes. That's the only person that we've gotten a no from. So,
0: Well, that's two nice things.
1: The, let's see. The worst thing about Josh, one bad thing about Josh. Um, Josh? rarely knows what he actually thinks. <laughs> like, like he, he enjoys being the opposite of everyone else. It's the reason he and I work together. Cause I'm exactly the same way. Most of the time, like he enjoys being the opposite of everyone else so much that if you start agreeing with him, he gets really confused because he's not really sure what to do when people <laughs> agree with him. Like if you start saying Nick Marcakis is actually really good I would not be surprised with all the articles coming out with like Nick Marcakis is good, Nick Marcakis is doing really good to start the year. But if Josh doesn't write an article about why Nick Marcakis is bad, like it wouldn't shock me. <laughs> you know, like that, that's, that's kind of how Josh is wired. He, he doesn't know how to function when people don't take him, like, like when people think he's being for real online, he doesn't know, like, he, he loves it. But like when people just ignore his BS and just like laugh with him, he gets really confused about how to operate.
0: <laughs> you know, even for for something that was supposed to be a not so nice thing, that's still not so bad.
1: So, <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> uh,
0: well, um, I thought you were going to mention he was for-
2: a Bama fan, or you know that he makes you have to constantly apologize for him online.
1: Hey, hey I'll tell you this: he's not really a Bama fan. <laughs>
2: Well, I mean, it wasn't he shocking. He's a bandwagoner. He is, he's but, a bandwagoner. But he's
1: not, he's not like an obnoxious Bama fan. He just likes to say roll tide. Cause he, <laughs> he, he just likes to say it. It, it. I don't really, I think he just likes, that's the same thing as like wearing the Yankees hat during the postseason last year. He just does it to troll people as much as anything.
0: I can actually see that. i you know, I like to think that I know, know JV well. And, uh, he does love a good reaction. So whether it's <laughs> no whether it's wearing uh, a Yankees hat and drinking out of a Bama mug simultaneously and uh, you know, he, he does love to love to ruffle feathers, but JB, I, I hope you're listening. We love you, man. We'll, uh, we'll have you back anytime. <laughs> so, um, well, Ken, thank you for sitting through the, uh, the six, uh, six questions. We ha- we do have one more, but unfortunately I already know the answer to this. And, and I just say it anyway. It, oh god. Ken Boondock Saints. Yes or yeah. no?
1: Yes. Oh, god Woo! God. Such a good movie, man. Woo! And the uh, second one the second one's even better.
2: What is that? Three one one doc? I'm sorry, yes. that's five people. <laughs> oh no. It looks like I win.
1: Shocking <laughs> I know. <Spiritus> Santos. <laughs> I'm
0: gonna I'm gonna need a bigger sample size.
2: Oh man, oh, Ken! That alone made this entire podcast worth it. We'll have a we'll have a screening of this one day. We'll make we'll we will go Clockwork Orange and like tape Josh's eye or, or Doc's eyes open so he can sit there and watch the whole thing with us. Okay, I think it'll be a great plan. We'll we'll <laughs> we'll get him in in love with it. He'll see the Willem Dafoe yep. part of it. He'll see the Norman Reedus being awesome and whoever plays Connor. I don't know his name, but what whatever you need
1: to do is is watch Boondock Saints and then watch the new Keanu Reeves movies
2: that
1: I can't ever, yeah, John Wick movies back-to-back, because they're like the same movie with different characters.
2: Now see, now that you've said that, I might actually watch John Wick.
1: Yeah, it's like, it's different, but the same all at the same time. Yeah, and I even get the Willem Dafoe nod in there, you know? It, It works.
0: I will say this, if Boondock Saints had the actor formerly known as Ted Theodore Logan and it, I might I might have taken it a bit seriously, but it's it really it really is just so bad. You can say it's, that, but it sounds really like good. you're the
2: one with the it's, bad take here, because I mean, what is that? Eighty percent of people that we have on the show agree with us.
0: Yeah, I think the, the one tie brings it down to brings it down to 70 percent. And I think honestly, I think that was. Yeah, uh, uh, well, I'm, I'm going to start a campaign. Don't worry. <laughs> but by, by the time we stop asking people this question. Uh, we'll have 800, uh, people that we polled, and, uh, hopefully common sense will prevail, (laughs) but it's all good. It's all good. We just have to be when I, when I'm booking people to come on the show, I'm going to go ahead and ask them. And if they say they like the movie, they can't come on.
2: (laughs) How dare you? And now that we have some collusion revealed and Ken, now that you've agreed with me on the most important question of the show. We are running out an hour and 50 minutes, so we are going to wrap this up right here. For all of you that made it all the way through this episode, thank you so very much. Hope you enjoyed the game where, for now, on Wednesday, May – was it May 3rd? Wednesday, yeah. May 2nd. Wednesday, Second. May 2nd, your Atlanta Braves
0: are in first place.
1: First place! Woo! Y'all like
0: can't I, see me, but I'm actually doing the chop in my music room right now.
2: Like I said earlier in the show, everybody – you can go ahead and hold on to the rational part of your mind, which which states that it's young and all that. Go ahead and hold on to that, too. That's good. But enjoy this ride. Set that aside for a little bit. Embrace the fandom. Embrace this start and just enjoy it. Everybody out there, I hope you all enjoyed this episode. As always, subscribe to us on iTunes, on Stitcher, on CastBox, on spotify on uh, tune in pretty much everywhere leave us a review if you feel feel like being kind to us follow us on twitter at tps underscore podcast follow us on facebook as well ken why don't you tell them where to find you
1: you can find me at K- ken dh on twitter or at uh, nakahoma ntn uh ntn is where you get most of the bravest baseball coverage i cover some on my personal one but if you really want the most coverage check it out or you can catch me on the nakahoma nation podcast where we have lots of shenanigans and knuckle hittery. So I was going to bring that up.
2: Guys. But 90% of the people that follow us are already following Nakahoma Nation. So for that 10% of you that aren't go ahead and give them a follow as well. Check out all their merchandise and see all the fun stuff that they're doing over there. Doc, thanks for joining me again, buddy.
0: Dylan, uh this is often the highlight of my week.
2: You know, Wednesdays are a bye. hard <laughs> Wednesdays are a hard day. <laughs> But they make it so much worth it when I get to talk to people like you. Ken, thanks again for being on, buddy. I will talk to you again um, as soon as we go off mic. I will be talking to you again. Everybody out there, have a great night. We'll catch you next week right here on the Platinum Sombrero. (laughs)
1: Kill You may find a cushy job, and I hope that you go far. If you really want to take some cool success, get play guitar. Play it
0: oh, yeah. okay, thanks, bye.